Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. What is absolutely essential in the life of the church? I'm talking about the overall life of the fellowship. I'm talking about uh, the church services, worship services, uh, all of those things. What is essential? Now, when we go to look for a church, we, in many cases, look for nice buildings. We look to make sure it's uh, located conveniently. Uh, we, we look for various kinds of programs and ministries, children's ministries, youth ministries, and on and on that goes. We look for styles of worship. Some people like the piano and organ and traditional. Some people like uh, what is known as contemporary, and there's all kinds of contemporary now. Uh, but in, in the bottom line, at the bottom line, what is definitely essential in the life of the church and non-negotiable if you stripped everything away but what is definitely necessary what would it be well i've been trying to take a look at that and answer that question from the word of god if you go back to podcast 224 and check out 224 225 and 226 uh, you can get some of that, and now we're on Podcast 227 today, and we're looking at another one of those essentials. A great place to begin, if we're, if we're looking for the essentials, is, I believe, the early New Testament church. What did they do? I, I'm talking about right after the day of Pentecost. Uh, what did that early church do before all of these other things came into play? Well, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, uh, gives us some insight. It says this, They were continually devoting themselves. Now, they themselves are the people that had uh, been there today at Pentecost, those that had gotten saved and baptized at the day of Pentecost, and there were 3,000 of those, plus the ones that were there already. And the church was growing, and so it says they were continually devoting. Uh, continually devoting is one word in the Greek, and it is in the intensive form, and it means they were really seriously committed to these things. They were continually devoting themselves to, number one, the apostles' teaching. You'll find that in uh, podcast 225, and to fellowship. You'll find that in podcast 226, and to the breaking of bread. We'll deal with that today, and to prayer. So there are four things right there that the early New Testament church definitely did. They, they devoted themselves. They were super committed to the apostles' teaching, and as you'll see, that's the Word of God, and to fellowship, that's sharing in common, and to the breaking of bread, we'll see what that is today, and to prayer. Now, as we uh, think about the breaking of bread over in Acts chapter 20, and Acts is a good uh, record of the early New Testament church and, and some of the things that they were doing, but in Acts chapter 20, verse 7, we get a little insight there. It says, on the first day of the week, that would be Sunday, on Sunday, when we gathered together, the we is uh, the Apostle Paul and his group and, and some other people there, in, in uh, that city, uh, in, in Troas, he says, we gather together to break bread. We, we gather together to break bread. Paul began talking to them. So, look, they, they met on the first day of the week, and that has been a tradition in the church from the very beginning, the first day of the week, Sunday, because that's the day that Jesus rose. And, and so the church would meet there, and they gathered together to break bread. 
Did you get that? So uh, back in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they were super committed to the breaking of bread. Uh, The breaking of bread, I think we need to go back and take a look at the very first time that happened. And what are we referring to? Well, we some of us call it communion. Others of us call it the Lord's Supper or the Lord's Table. Uh, But that's essentially what it was. And if we go back to Luke chapter 22, verses 14, to 20. Let me just read the scriptures to you and we'll see the first time it happened. It says, when the hour had come, he, that's Jesus, reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, Take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body. Which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after he had eaten, saying, This cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. And there you have the record of the first breaking of the bread. That is when Jesus, as he was celebrating the Passover, the traditional Jewish Passover with his apostles. He took some of the bread of the Passover and he broke it and blessed it and said, this is my body that's given for you. And then he took some of the traditional wine, the cup of the wine, and he blessed it and said, take and drink this. This is my blood that's shed for you. uh, Do this in remembrance of me. And so there you have a record of Jesus instituting what we call communion or the Lord's Supper or the Lord's Table. And he said, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. Uh, now, with that in mind, let's fast forward to uh, a later time when the Apostle Paul is writing to a church, the church at Corinth. And this church was was not doing so well and they were they were messing up in several areas but one of the areas they were messing up in is this whole area of of communion of the Lord's table now if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 17 we begin there through verse 26 and we get the picture listen to the word of God but in giving you this instruction I do not praise you Paul said because you come together not for the better but for the worse For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that divisions exist among you, and in part I believe it. For there must also be factions among you, so that those who are approved may become evident to you. Therefore, when you meet together, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. Paul said, uh, you're not coming together for the right reasons. You're all divided up. There's divisions among you. Some of you are following me, Paul. Some are following Peter. Some are super spiritual and claim they're following Christ. But you're really, none of you are doing the right thing. And when you come together, which is one of the things that we come together to do is to do to take the Lord's Supper, you're not doing it. Verse 21, for in your eating, each one takes his own supper first. Now, they had a meal together uh, that was associated with this communion, with the Lord's Supper, right? So they were eating, and he says, when you come together, each one takes his own supper first. In other words, you're selfish. You get ahead of everybody else, and one is hungry, and another is drunk. What? 
Do you not have houses to eat in, in which to eat and to drink? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? In this I will not praise you. Paul said, you're not doing it right. You're selfish. This is not what the Lord's table is all about. And then he goes on to tell them what it is. He says in verse 23, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, The cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so, Paul's instructions to the people there at the church of Corinth was very clear. Uh, You're to do it, and as often as you do it, you're to do it for the right reason, in fellowship with one another, not divided, not Uh, going ahead of each other. As a matter of fact, in verse 33, he says, So then, brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. Wait for one another. Uh, Be be, uh, um, uh, uh, considerate of, of, of each other and come together in true fellowship around the Lord's table. Now, what's the significance of the breaking of the bread? Well, uh, obviously, first of all, it is remembering uh, Christ and his death. Uh, as we break the bread, Jesus said, this is my body. Now, when I think about that, my mind goes back to the uh, idea of the incarnation. In other words, uh, Jesus took on a human body uh, there when he was born in Bethlehem. Jesus, who is God, the eternal God, always existed as God, the eternal God, had no beginning, has no end, but he transitioned He transitioned uh, from heaven to earth when he took upon himself humanity. He took upon himself a human body. This is my body that is broken for you, he said. Uh, And so when we think about that, he came in a body, he lived in a body, he lived a perfect life. We remember that and remember the fact that that body was beaten and bruised and killed for us. This is my body. Then the bread is the wine. The wine, uh, excuse me, the wine is is the blood, the the, the uh, giving of his life, the shedding of his life, because the life is in the blood. And so it's significant. It signifies the fact that Jesus died to pay the penalty for our sins, and he paid for it in full. And so the significance of this, this uh, whole ceremony, this, this, this whole symbolic act, the significance of it is we, were re- we are remembering the death of Jesus Christ on the cross uh, in, a, in a true human body that was given for us to pay in full for our sins, for those of us that turn to Him and trust Him. And, and I believe that it, it, it is a constant reminder that Christ is preeminent in His church. Christ is preeminent. In Colossians chapter 1, we read that uh, He is the image of the invisible God. And, and, and I'm, I want you to read all of this. Uh, that he is, He's created everything, and He's above all thrones and dominions and so on, and before all things, and He holds all things together. And verse 18 says, He is also the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the, be- in the, from the dead, so that He Himself will come to have the first place in everything. Do you get that? Uh, when we come together and we break the bread together, uh, uh, we are remembering that Jesus is first. 
that Jesus is central, that Jesus is most, that He's the head of the church, He's the foundation of the church, that He owns the church, that He's the architect of the church, that the church is His body, that it's all about Jesus. And Jesus has to be central in every local church. Jesus has to be central in His universal church. And so uh, I do believe that when we take the Lord's table, when we uh, eat the Lord's Supper, when we come together for communion, as often as we do it, we are reminding ourselves that Jesus is central. And we're, we're taking a look back to the cross We're taking a look now at the current situation that we are His body and He's building His church. We're taking a look forward to the fact that He is coming again. And as we do this, it reminds us that that Christ is central in all of our fellowship. As we eat together, as we do life together, it's not about each other's philosophies and opinions, but it's all about Jesus. Jesus in everything. Jesus central. Jesus first. It is all about Jesus. So what is an essential in the church? It is absolutely this, uh, uh, in obedience to Christ, doing this, doing this communion, uh, taking the, the uh, Lord's table and doing it in the right way to remember that it is all about Jesus. It is Jesus' church. It's not a pastor's church. It's not a denomination's church. It's not a congregation's church. It is Jesus' church. We belong to Him. And this wonderful act reminds us of that. Well, until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.